Today we celebrate Reformation. Logically, it's because it's the closest Sunday to October 31st, the day on which Martin Luther posted 95 theses on the Castle Church door in Wittenberg, 95 statements of religious truth that he meant as a conversation starter. It was like posting something on a medieval bulletin board or a, a digital messaging board, inviting a conversation, inviting some interaction, a give and take uh, on things that he had noticed and that he was trying to point out some abuses that were going on in the church. It, and it took off because it tapped into a, a deep wellspring of discontent with church authorities and, and the struggles that people were going through. But we're celebrating Reformation, not because of that one historical event or even because of the movement that it sparked, but, but because of a deeper truth. And Luther, for Luther, the Reformation came from a very personal place. Theologians describe um, Martin Luther's personal struggles as anfechtung, a German word that sounds intimidating. And uh, translators describe that as uh, agonizing struggle. For Luther, he, he had an agonizing struggle trying to achieve God's standard, his righteous demands. It was an agonizing struggle to, to compensate for the times he fell short of God's demands when he was obviously not, not perfect in everything that he did. And yet... Part of the burden of what he felt in that struggle came from a, a dominant theological understanding at that time. It can be summarized with this statement that God does not deny grace to the man who does his best. You can maybe sympathize that maybe the formulators of that, that theological statement intended, intended to do good, but they, they were trying to tap into the, the, the people who are trying, God's people who are trying really hard and to give them uh, a, a little bit of comfort. But for, for people like Martin Luther, it left him in deeper agony. He, he understood where he stood under God's law. Now we know that the, whatever the law says, it says to those who are under law, so that every mouth may be silenced and the whole world held accountable to God. So he was left struggling. He was left struggling his own way, with the, with the best of human ways. And there was no way. There was no way. Humanly possible. But what, what we celebrate at, at Reformation is, is not just that discovery, but what Luther discovered because of those personal struggles. That God does have a way. And especially as, uh, as we see key truths here in Romans chapter 3, that, that God's way came in sending Jesus. That Jesus does measure up to all of God's righteous demands. That because of Jesus, we are approved by our Heavenly Father. It's not just a way. It's not just a better way. It is God's only way. Sometimes we find ourselves in a intractable mess. Paying attention to world events, uh, it, there's some situations that defy easy uh, solutions, easy explanations. If, 
you ask someone how, how to solve the, the conflict between Israel and Palestine, and they give you a simple solution. They're, they're either naive or they're oversimplifying things. Um, sometimes we find ourselves in situations that are so complicated, we, we're not even sure how to clarify the issues. What's going on with the economy? It, it costs more for us to, to buy the things that we're used to buying, and we know that businesses are having a hard time hiring people to do all the work that they need to do, and the people who are working don't have enough wages to buy the things that they need, and I'm not an economist, I can't figure all of that out. And sometimes it, it's actually helpful, psychologically speaking, to, to not fixate on things. It's actually healthier for us not to, not to focus on things that are outside of our control. But it's also not healthy to avoid things where we do have a, a personal responsibility. Where we do have a personal involvement. We, we, you and I can't, can't bring peace to the Middle East, but we certainly can work on race relations in our community and work on overcoming our own prejudices. I can't command the economy to, to stabilize, but I can work on my own spending, savings, debt reduction. We can focus on what we need to focus on. And medieval concepts of trying to measure up, trying to, to earn God's approval seem like they're far distant concerns. Our society has moved beyond that. It's, it's far off in the rear view mirror of history. We've moved on to bigger and better concerns. And yet our way of, of handling our standing before God has not, has not gotten healthier. When, when we hear about God's standard of perfection for all people, we, we, we have an unhealthy way. We, we, we try to bargain with God try to bring him down to something that, that we can accomplish. We, we try to get him to compromise, something that's a little bit more attainable. And even in extreme examples, we, we avoid God's standards altogether. Nobody's perfect. No one can be perfect. So, so why even bother trying? We treat this issue of morality as if it's something that is so big and so all-consuming that, that we shouldn't even bother on it, we shouldn't fixate on it, when it's actually a relationship, an essential relationship for every man, woman, and child. Have you noticed that uh, society's attitude toward religion has shifted in the past 5, 10, 15, 20 years? It used to be Religion was seen as something that was good. Um, people saw that churches had a good influence, even if they didn't choose to prioritize going to church every week, that religion and religious belief and, and, and religious instruction as a basis for morality was something that we wanted children to have, even if at a certain phase most Adults grew out of that need for something like that. But now, religion is viewed as harmful. Organized religion is, is dangerous. 
I don't pretend to know everything there is to know about politics and the important players in politics in our country, so I clicked on, a, on an article that gave me a little insight into the new Speaker of the House, and it described him as dangerous because of his Christian beliefs. That the way he approaches issues comes from a, a biblical understanding and a biblical worldview, and that was seen as a red flag. Especially when one of our goals of our society is to avoid being judged. Religion is seen as loading up people with guilt and shame, that religious institutions stockpile this power that they can use to, to oppress and to manipulate. It's bad personally. It's bad for society. But we also need to evaluate what, what's taken its place. Instead of striving to, to measure up to God's standard, instead of struggling to achieve what has taken its place? We, we've tried to get out from under those demands of God, but we've actually put ourselves at the demands of everybody else. We're, not, we're, we're trying to get out from under that disapproving glare of a divine being. But now we've allowed everybody else to tell us how we're supposed to live our lives. And every other relationship is, is a demand, is a pressure on, on how we're supposed to be good enough, how we're supposed to live well enough, how we're supposed to meet everyone else's approval. The way we treat our families is, is, is supposed to earn approval. So we pour ourselves into marriage. We give countless hours and countless energy to our children. We put ourselves through the ringer at work, and even if not to, to please a boss or to earn a promotion, we want to just be known as hard workers. We wear ourselves out for academic achievement. And we don't want to be one-dimensional, so we invest all kinds of uh, personal capital into our relationships, into our friendships. We want, to, um, we want to be good citizens of our country. We want to be uh, caretakers of our planet. We want to be well-informed of current events, to be tuned in to technological developments, to be plugged in to pop culture. We want to have personal development where we're eating healthy and we're exercising. And, and we don't want to be selfish either, so we want to be generous to other people and to contribute to charities. And when is it ever enough? Modern problems might seem like they're far removed from those medieval pressures to struggle, to measure up, to compensate. But at our roots, we're all struggling under the same reality. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Only now, instead of having a disapproving God, we have everyone disapproving of every relationship and everything we pour our lives into. Instead of trying to earn our way up toward God, we're worshiping 
all the things that we have in our lives, all the people, all the relationships, everything that we're after has religious importance. And we're worse off because we don't even know what standard we're shooting for. It's a standard that's changing. It's opinions that are always shifting. We don't ever know when our struggles are enough. When we've earned approval. When we've done enough to be considered deserving of grace. There is no way. There is no way, humanly speaking, for us to earn approval. That's why the Bible says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But Romans continues, And are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. There is no way for you or for me or for anybody else, but God has a way. Jesus is his way. Jesus is the one who who was approved by God for everything that he did. Jesus is the one who measured up in every aspect of every relationship in his life. Jesus is the one who earned that approval to dispense grace into our lives. We all love an underdog story, uh, an average person who is able to achieve great things, a janitor who, who wins a lottery and gets millions of dollars, a Division II quarterback who replaces the Bears' first-round draft pick and leads them to victory, a simple monk in Germany who leads a, a huge movement. But Luther isn't a hero for us in our faith, except for that he points to the true hero, that Jesus, isn't just an in, uh, that, that Jesus isn't just an inspirational story for you to do better and to struggle harder. Jesus isn't just a hero who helps you overcome obstacles and, and to reach your own personal goals. Romans tells us God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. His perfect life was offered as a sacrifice. Jesus met every standard of justice that God had satisfied that justice of God. He was sacrificed to take away our guilt, the shame that we feel for not measuring up and not reaching God's standard. Jesus was that sacrifice so that we are approved by God, by faith, we embrace God's only way. By faith, we can come clean about the ways, that, the, the frequency of times that we have fallen short of God's demands and in repentance turn to Jesus. By faith, we don't have to avoid God or run to every other aspect of our lives to find approval. We find it in Jesus Christ through faith in him. By faith, when we struggle, we look to Jesus. We're released from the pressure of trying to measure up. By faith, we have that freedom. And Jesus has done it all. He has done it all for us. We are free. We're at peace with God. And, and, 
that does something else. It gives religious a, a different sense of relevance, doesn't it? That we know that there is a point, not just to coming to church as a social organization or institution, but that this is a place of refuge for people who are beaten down by life. This is the hospital where we find healing for people who have been battered and abused by all the expectations that they feel all over the place. It's not, it's not a return to medieval history, but it's a doubling down on the Reformation truths. For we maintain that a person is justified by faith apart from the works of the law. To find our rest, to find our security in that Reformation truth, to keep teaching and keep encouraging, to compassionately reach out to our community, to see the people as casualties of our culture in need of that precious Reformation truth. Winning approval from God isn't about struggling. It's not about improving your effort. It's not about getting more information, knowledge, so you can do better and give your best effort. But, but neither, neither is it safe to, to run away from God's standards. Because what we run from, we'll run to, is even more dangerous. Putting ourselves under the expectations and demands of all the people and all the institutions and all the expectations in our lives. And who knows if we've ever met their approval? Who even knows what the standard is when we can say you've done enough? Which area of our life is more important? Is it it family? Is it work? Is it friendship? Is it self-improvement? When will it ever be good enough to say you have earned grace? Faith is the end. Faith is the end of all that struggling. Faith is the end of of all that struggling to find approval on our own. Faith ends in Jesus, in his life, in his work, in his perfection. He was good enough for you. All is done. Faith lives in freedom. Jesus has satisfied the righteous demands of our holy God. Faith finds peace, a refuge in his forgiveness when we're conscious of how miserably we've fallen short of God's expectations and God's demands. Faith finds confidence in Christ as we return to his word, as we double down on that word of grace that reinforces that relationship restored by Jesus. Faith in Jesus is the best way. God's only way. Amen.